Hey everyone, it's Margaret. This week we're presenting our brand new show, Gotta Classify Em All. This new podcast combines the science you love from Don't Pee on Your Leg and other scientific misconceptions with the fun of the Pokemon universe. We'll be offering all episodes of Gotta Classify Em All to our Patreon patrons. More on that later. And every other episode to Don't Pee on Your Leg listeners. We'll be back next week with a new episode of Don't Pee on Your Leg. So for now, enjoy episode one of Gotta Classify Em All. Hello and welcome to Gotta Classify Em All, a new podcast where childhood memories meet science. Each episode, we talk about a Pokemon and its real world cousins. In this episode, we discuss Pokemon number one, Bulbasaur. I'm your host and 2000 Midwest Regional Pokemon Tournament winner, Camden Hanslick-Burton. And joining me is our Pokemon trainer in training, Margaret Hanslick-Burton. Welcome Welcome to to the the show. show! Welcome, Margaret, and everyone Thank you. to Gotta Classify Them All, a new podcast from the two of us. Uh, we are going to combine the fun fantasy world of Pokemon and what Margaret and I love, science. So if the name didn't give you enough of a hint, uh, we're taking the fun catchphrase of Pokemon, Gotta Catch Them All. So fun. So fun. And bring some scientific classification to it, discussing how the Pokemon are inspired or how they resemble the amazing ability of real-life animals, plants, and more. Um, so, for example, if a Pokemon can generate electricity, you know who I'm talking about? Yep, uh, Charmander. Nice. This is why Margaret is our Pokemon trainer in training. <laughs> uh, we'll tell you about real-life animals that might be able to do that exact same thing. I know who it really is. It's Yoshi. Yes. Oh, she's going to learn a lot on this <laughs> on this show, as will you, dear listener. So, Margaret, why did we think this would be a fun show to produce? Well, um, a couple of different reasons that we created this. First of all, we wanted to add some additional content to Don't Pee on Your Leg, our primary podcast, because um, we have a lot of other interests, and one of Camden's big interests is Pokemon. Do you want to talk a little bit about the history behind that, or are you going to do that later? Oh, the history is coming. Oh, Don't okay. you worry. Okay, okay. Um, but because a lot of, um, another reason is because a lot of um, characters and fictional animals have inspiration from real life animals, and real life animals have a ton of amazing adaptations as well. So I'm excited to learn about Pokemon and maybe provide some context for what real animals can do too. Yeah, we thought, um, like Margaret said, this would be a fun way for listeners maybe to go down a nostalgic road or learn for the first time as my co-host will be. Mm-hmm. I was a musical theater ch- child, so different <laughs> I, different avenue of uh, of interest. It wasn't either or for me, but <laughs> I, I didn't like Pokemon as a child as well. Um, but yeah, but we also want to combine it with the fact that there's a lot of things that uh, these Pokemon can do and look like that actually resemble real, cool, real-life science. That's what I hear. So, do you want to get into the history? Let's do it. Let's do a bit of history since this is episode one. 
So for those of you who don't know, or maybe do, there are 151 Pokemon in the first generation of the game. Wow. And so that's what this podcast is going to be covering. Margaret, do you want to take a guess at how many Pokemon there are just total right now as of 2021? Oh, I, oh, I know there are like different generations. Mm-hmm. Is I that just what gave called? you a hint. Uh, yeah. 407. There are 898 <gasps> Pokemon. Oh my gosh. Um, so while we might have some fun with some bonus content down the road oh of looking gosh. at some of the next generation Pokemon that are just, you know, have something that just deserves an episode, mm-hmm. our series is going to cover the first 151 <laughs> and you know, we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little background Margaret, what do you know about Pokemon? Okay. I know that they... Oh, I don't know. I know that they... um, Say what you think you know. I thought that they started as a card game and then kind of migrated onto a Game Boy, or maybe they were both at the same time, cards and Game Boy. Okay. I know there's a TV show. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I know Ash... Grab them? Catch them. Damn it. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) Uh, I know Ash Ketchum. Ketchum. Like Ketchum all. Okay. Okay. Uh, Well, yeah. Um, I know he is the one who wears a blue overshirt and a red and white hat. Okay. What do you know about the Pokemon themselves? Um, there's a lot of them. I know they live in little Pokeballs and they fight. Okay. And they each have their own strengths as Uh do we all Mm -hmm. and if they get strong enough they can morph into more powerful versions of themselves good good um i think great what i think yeah i think you've got some of the basics so pokemon um do you know where the name derives from i do only because we were trying to think of the name of this podcast and i said oh we could call it pocket monsters and Camden said that's what they're actually called. Yes. So Pokemon is short for po- <laughs> Pocket Monsters. Um, like you said, they're fictional creatures with special powers. Um, they're usually kind of cute. Uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Um, but they typically are kind of cute looking. Um, they do often resemble things in the natural world. Hence this podcast like animals, plants, objects, sometimes even humans. Oh, um, really? And a couple look like nothing else that we really know. Yeah, okay. there are some that are human-like that will... Not uh, the trainers, the actual Pokemon. Yeah, the Pokemon themselves. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, in the TV show, they can only say their name. That's the only thing they can do. And they can, like, growl and cry and things like that. In the card game, they talk more? No, I'm just saying, like, the, <laughs> I don't know how canonical it was in the game. Boy, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, and like you said, they can, they evolve and I put quotes on that. Um, Mm -hmm. that's what the term is in the Pokemon, uh, universe is that they can evolve if they've gained enough experience into other stronger Pokemon, uh, if there is an evolution past them. Now, as we will talk about this as time goes on with the science of things, but, um, yeah, not quite how real biological (laughs) evolution works. Usually, uh, evolution doesn't happen within one individual. Yes, very good. And um, they live in all sorts of habitats. And you mentioned their little 
uh, Pokeballs. Mm -hmm. So these are baseball-ish sized orbs Mm -hmm. that they can be captured in. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't say they live there as like it's not a choosing they are captured oh they are captured oh they're um, they're um in captivity i hadn't and, thought of that and they are trained into the as you said battle other pokemon um in the show in the movies in that universe in like the manga anime stuff there is um pokemon that are used more like as pets rather than for fighting hold on you're you are blowing my mind actually i had not thought of Pokemon is living in habitats. I thought they lived in the Pokeball, but now you're telling me that they are captured from the wild. Yes, they live in the wild. Taken uh-huh. and used for fighting. Yep. Do they ever get returned to the wild? Sometimes, yes. So sometimes they are returned to the wild. Um, some are kept as I am going to start a Pokemon conservation organization. Like a Pokemon refuge? Mm-hmm. Well, there are those in the shows. You're kidding. No. We'll have to watch. You know what? I'm already realizing <laughs> we're going to have to watch some of the TV show. Oh, my gosh. Um, so they are, some are captured as pets. Some are just captured to fight. Um, some are used as laborers. So what? they'll use them for like household tasks. What are you talking about? <laughs> and... Uh, some are released ultimately in the wild and cared for. And so I am realizing now that they resemble a lot of what humans in our world do with animals. Wow. 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 I thought they were all used for fighting. I thought they were born to fight and that that was their main purpose. But now I'm now you're telling me that there is like a. I really only Charizard comes to mind. Like Charizard helps with the laundry and things. Is that what you're saying? Um, I don't know if Charizard, but uh, maybe. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Charizard okay. drops the kids off at school. Mm-hmm. Um, so you asked a little bit about how it was created. So I will be referencing Bulbapedia a lot. All right. Um, and so it is the Wikipedia Pokemon. It's sort of, the, it, it has about everything you could ever want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, Satoshi Tajiri uh, is the creator of Pokemon. Um, and said the idea for Pokemon came to him when, uh, through his love of collecting bugs when he was little. Oh, okay. Um, and he wanted to bring that feeling of exploration and discovery to a video game. Did he make the bugs fight? I I don't think so. Okay. And I realize fighting is a big part of the series. So I feel like it's the main thing. Yeah. Um, And he equated it to sort of like rock, paper, scissors to understand what the strengths and weaknesses Mm. were of each other Mm. in the game. Okay. Um, So it did debut in Japan in 1996 as a video game first. It debuted as Pokemon Red and the game Pokemon Green for Nintendo Game Boy. Um, And then shortly thereafter, there was Pokemon Blue, Blue, Green, Red. Um, You will, you're going to get a sense of why they were those colors here in just a moment. Okay. Um, They are named after the color of the Pokemon that you Uh, will get. uh, Um, The trading card just came out later that year in 1996 in Japan. And then the TV show did... Started as anime in Japan in 1997. Oh, so right after, really. Mm -hmm. So 96, 97 is when all three of those came out. Uh, North America did not receive the first Game Boy games until 1998. So about almost two years later. Um, And and it came out as Pokemon Red and Blue. So not green. Wait, so sorry. The 
TV show came out before... The TV show in Japan came out before the Game Boy... Even came out in America. In North America, okay. yes. Okay, huh. Um, and then the English translation arrived the next year, 1998. Or that same year, 1998. Okay. Um, of the anime series. Gotcha. Um, and the trading card game came out in 1999. So it kind of came in wow. a different order in North America. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So in Japan, it started as a game. Then a then TV the cards, show. The, as cards, then the TV show. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. In North America, it was a game... TV show cards um, huh. and then lots of movies and it has well obviously exploded beyond that there are movies oh yeah the first movie was Mewtwo Strikes Back I saw it in theaters <laughs> when I was a kid <laughs> um, I don't know where they got the title though isn't Mewtwo a Pokemon yeah I was joking at the oh, Strikes okay. Back because it's Empire Strikes Back what's that it's a Lord of the Rings reference oh, I'll tell you okay. later um, so what do you know about the game or like the unit so you told me a little about the universe like um so you you mentioned ash ketchum Mm -hmm. so he's an amateur pokemon trainer Mm -hmm. um oh you know where i got grab him from is there's a comedy bang bang character named dash grab him yeah um and And i i appreciate that even though i'm not sure what he's referencing a lot of the time yeah, I imagine a lot of that character <laughs> goes over your head. Hopefully, this show that will make you ready to appreciate Dash Grab him more. Um, so, your goal is to collect badges um, as a Pokemon trainer. Like a Girl Scout, okay. Uh huh. And if the Girl Scouts got badges by defeating leaders of Pokemon gyms. Oh, gyms. Oh, because Pokemon Go has gyms. Yes. Where everyone used to gather before to win. in the before times. Yes. Okay. And that comes from the game. Okay. Both the card game and the, the um, Game Boy game? The Game Boy game is first. And so a lot of this will be referencing the Game Boy game, okay. which is canonical to pretty much everything else in the series. Okay. They very rarely contradict each other. Um, that as makes sense. far as in the general sense that we're going to talk about. Um, there's also an evil organization, um, Team Rocket, that shows up throughout the game and the TV show uh, that the will sort of, you know, be getting in the way of you trying to do your thing. Mm. Um, Is that who Ash is fighting? Is that who's Pokemon fight in the gym? Sometimes. No, in the gym, the gym is just like, these are gym leaders. They claim to sort of be the best at, like there's a rock gym, like a water gym, and like you're supposed to defeat the different Pokemon who are really well trained in those areas. Mm. Mm. Um, no team rocket is i think they their goal is to use pokemon for money and i don't treat them well so that's sort of their like it sounds like no one's really treating pokemon well though if we take a just a zoomed out view of it well they do get healed so there are healing centers why did they get hurt (sighs) the fights oh figured it out um so anyway you can collect those badges and then you get to enter into a like a league championship and if you beat that you beat the game but of course the real goal is to margaret catch them all catch them all is there a PETA in this pokemon world because PETA? yeah oh p-e-t-a <laughs> yeah. yeah um in a sense there are people who yeah i mean people show up as like i just have the, a lot of questions oh boy about the treatment yeah, of these animals it's not gonna go away so okay. buckle in all right you and listeners for this so that's the 
it for the background. Let's get into our Pokemon of the week. Yay! The very first Pokemon in the Pokédex, which I should have mentioned is the way that all of these organisms are classified. It's like a um, like a passport of all the Pokemon, and it's a little um, digital thing that you get when you start the game from your uncle, Professor Oak, who okay. gives you your first Pokemon. <laughs> Um, and you keep it on you, and it tells you small facts about the Pokemon you see as you encounter them. Oh, okay. And so they're all numbered, so they all have a, like a number that is shared. And Pokemon number one, for episode number one, is Bulbasaur. All righty. And our Pokedex entry for when you run across a Bulbasaur says, Bulbasaur, it bears the seed of a plant on its back from birth. And the bulb on its back sprouts and grows with this Pokemon. Oh, The bulb stores energy and is filled with numerous seeds. Researchers are unsure whether to classify Bulbasaur as a plant or animal. That gives me, what's the fear of holes? I don't, I don't like the idea of an animal having seeds on its back and. I thought you would have something to say about researchers being unclear about whether it's a plant or an animal. Yeah, who are, who are the researchers? And there are pretty clear indicators whether something is a plant Pokey scientists. All right. So, Margaret, take a look at our friendly Bulbasaur. Okay. What What do they look like to you? They look like, boy, they're kind of have a turquoise body. Looks their their actual body. The majority of it looks kind of like a mammal, almost like a bear lizard hybrid with four legs and clawed feet. Mm-hmm. and two eyes and little eyebrows and a big old wide smile with two little nose holes. Why are they called bul- Bulbasaur? Well, because the green protrusion on their back looks like a bulb of garlic or a succulent to me. <laughs> so pretty explanatory why why they're called Bulbasaur. Do you think sore comes from dinosaur? Yes, I would. I would say so. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, this is as you describe Bulbasaur. For those listening at home, you can pull up a picture. Um, they are a, like I said, they are one of the first three Pokemon that Professor Oak will offer you. In Pokemon Green, this was the Pokemon that you were offered. Okay, that makes sense. He's, um, yeah, mostly yep. green. He or they are a grass and poison type. There are 15 different types of Pokemon in the first generation. We'll get used to all of them, but just know that they are two of the 15, grass and poison. Grass and poison. A little bit of stats. They are around two foot, four inches tall. It's about two feet tall on average and 15 pounds. Okay. How does that? Like a small dog. Yeah, like a small dog, like puppy sized. Two feet tall and 15 pounds it seems like this drawing of a bulbasaur is makes it look a lot heavier they than might, 15 pounds yeah they're stocky creature. they have hollow bones or i don't they it doesn't the pokedex <laughs> doesn't say that um they have strengths and weaknesses uh so their strengths are f- against flying type pokemon fire type psychic and ice type pokemon psychic mm-hmm. psychic type is one of the types wow wow it's like when people are into astrology and they say, oh, you're a Leo. You're so compatible with a Capricorn or 
don't you can't ever have a relationship with a cancer because you just aren't compatible yeah it's just like that pokemon is astrology great um and their weaknesses something you'll learn is that all pokemon of one type are generally not good against their same so they're not strong against um grass type pokemon because they know all their moves yeah they mirror each other Mm -hmm. they bonk heads Mm -hmm. um it's very funny and cute uh (laughs) they're not good against water type Obviously, grass is not good against water. What? Plants aren't good against water. No, they're fine. Um, not good against electric type Pokemon and fighting type. So they're not fighters. Aren't they all fighting? And um, they can evolve into two different types of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Their first stage evolution is, I- or second stage, their first stage is Bulbasaur. They can evolve into Ivysaur. You can take a wild guess at What's coming down the road with that one? Some ivy. Uh, I, I, uh, I can tell a, a clear green type there. And then they will ultimately evolve into their last stage, Venusaur. Like Venom? I don't know. Because poison and venom are different. So I hope that the creators of Pokemon knew that. Um, and then it has a lot of fighting moves. Uh, it can, at when you first get it, it can tackle and growl like any old animal can. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Then it will learn Leech Seed. Like what? leaching energy. Okay. <laughs> uh, then vine whip. Then poison powder. Wow. That's where it gets its poison powers. Then razor leaf. What? Then growth. Sleep powder. And then solar beam. Are those all things that Bulbasaur can do or is that for Venusaur? It's great. Great point. Yes. Bulbasaur can learn these, but also you'll notice that Ivysaur can learn them. Bulbasaur or Venusaur. And then a lot of other animals that have, like, you pointed out that it has little claws. Other animals you see will be able to do things like tackle and growl as well. Okay. A lot of these are shared. That's kind of a foundational skill. If there's another grass-type Pokemon, it's very likely they might be able to do Razor Leaf as well. Mm. Um, But we'll get to those in due time. So, Margaret, the point of this show, as we talked about, was to not just have fun with our fun little pocket monsters. But, but for to... me to become the world's best Pokemon trainer. Yes. And the way we're going to do that is Margaret and I are now going to have 20 minutes to research to find living, non-living plants, animals, things, anything about the traits of this Pokemon Bulbasaur uh, that resemble what real life things can do. It might be hard to find a psychic animal. We're going to get to it. We're going to have a bit of research the time that Margaret and I love doing best. And we're going to come back to you with some fun facts about all the science related to Bulbasaur. Let's get to it. All right. Welcome back. Thank you. Margaret and I had our time to research and now we're going to share what we found out. Margaret, why don't you kick us off? Uh, Tell us the route you went with our little Bulbasaur. He's kind of big, actually. How how tall is Bulbasaur supposed to be? Two feet, four inches. Two, so pounds. specific. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I went the animal route. I looked at any animals that might be similar or have similar traits to Bulbasaur. Specifically, well, I started with, the, with what Bulbasaur looks like. So I looked to see if there were any animals that were known to carry plants on their backs. And if you're looking from a literal sense of of animals carrying plants around, of course, we can think of, for example, leafcutter ants, 
Um, but there's not a lot of carrying on the back specifically that happens. Now, I did find a seahorse carrying a basket of air plants, but that was a plant hanger on Pinterest. So unrelated, but not in the, not in wild. Here's how, here's how animals do carry plants. Animals do in real life, carry plant parts around with them. Many plants are pollinated or spread this way. For example, your dog or you, your genes might pick up burrs on their fur, little seeds that have hooks and carry those burrs Mm -hmm. and then deposit them in a new place those like sticky sharp things that yeah. always get stuck in my socks. Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. That and that allows that plant to inhabit a new area, which can be good if that plant is trying to live in a new area and that area is okay for it, but bad so, if they are not native. So those burrs have seeds? Uh-huh. Those burrs oh. are seeds. Not always. Sometimes they're they're little fruits as well. But um that's how a lot of animals carry plants around. Not on their backs in a bulb shape like bulbasaur though. So then I looked at the, are they called attacks? The fighting techniques of Bulbasaur? Is that what they're called? Um, Moves, but sure. Okay, the moves. I looked at Bulbasaur's moves and started with the growl and tackle uh, moves that Bulbasaur has. And Do animals do that? Yeah, a lot. A lot of animals do that. I didn't even have to look that up. Name some animals that growl and tackle, Camden. Satchel. Yes, our our dog Satchel. Lions hyenas hippos humans do they tackle do hippos tackle yeah i think they do anyway lots and lots of animals think of an animal probably in some way it can growl and tackle especially mammals so those aren't really unusual characteristics for an animal to have not specific ones i also saw that bulbasaur has a leech seed move Mm -hmm. which at first i thought huh, maybe that's like a little seed the leech grows out of. No, I looked it up on Bulbapedia and found that this means apparently, and of course I'm very new to this, so I could be totally wrong, but a seed is apparently placed on the opponent from Bulbasaur to leech power, to drain Uh power out of them. Does that sound right? Yes. Okay. Wow. Nine-year-old me is just like, (laughs) it's all flooding back. (laughs) So it's called leech seed. Not something I could find happening okay. in the real world, but leeches themselves are very real animals that many of our listeners might know from their role in bloodletting, which was a ineffective attempt to improve a person's health by taking some of their blood out of their body. Did you know Camden? And this is what I found in my wanderings just now. The leeches can be helpful in figuring out what animals live in a particular habitat. Uh, n- it n- makes sense, but because, you look at the blood they have inside them? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. According to National Geographic, there is a biologist at the Natural History Museum of Denmark whose name is Tom Gilbert. And Gilbert extracts DNA from leeches to determine which animals they've recently leached oh, blood from. Radical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So leeches can help with conservation because they, by having their uh, the blood that they've ingested, extracted... They inform scientists about other animals that are around them, even if the scientists haven't actually seen those other animals themselves. So if those animals are hiding or nocturnal or diurnal and they just don't happen to see them. So if we did a a um, blood draw of Bulbasaur, mm-hmm. you're saying we could see 
what animals are in its environment? Maybe if that leech part really applies to Bulbasaur. If they're actually pulling blood from Which that. it doesn't sound, it sounds like they're just really pulling power, health. Are they, do you see health go down in a yeah, Pokemon game? Yeah, their power goes down. Okay, yeah. So they're leeching power. So we could extract the power Hit points, I guess. <laughs> from, from Bulbasaur to determine sure. what other animals were around. All right. So this poison powder that Bulbasaur has. Yeah. A lot of animals have poison, but I struggled to find an animal whose poison came in the form of a powder. Sure. But our listeners might remember the somewhat pedantic difference between venom and poison. So just as a quick refresher, venom is injected by a tooth or a spine, etc., and poison is absorbed, either ingested by eating or touched by the skin. Yeah. Other examples. Can you guess what the most poisonous animal is in the world that we know of? I, n- poisonous, not venomous. Exactly. Poisonous, not venomous. Um, the ingesty kind. Man. Wow. Wow. That's really, that's something to chew That's on. really wrong. Oh, no, that's incorrect. No. Okay. Nope. Is it a frog? It is. Yes. According to Carl Gruber and the BBC, the poison dart frog is the most poisonous animal in the world. Wow. That we've discovered so far. For example, um, there are many different species of poison dart frogs, but the golden poison frog has enough poison to kill 10 adults. Wow. Which is very impressive for an animal that only grows up to five centimeters long, according to the Aquarium of the Pacific. And you said how big is Bulbasaur? Two feet. So imagine how potent Bulbasaur's poison would be at that size. It's amazing that's only the fifth move you develop. Yeah. That's the only move Bulbasaur That's the only move you really would need. The poison that the frogs use is called, oh, I really should have practiced this before I just said it out loud. That 20 minutes of research. Here we go. That ratchetoxin. Oh, yeah. That ratchetoxin said with confidence. We don't really know, of course, what type of poison Bulbasaur uses. But here's my question for you. Does Bulbasaur really use poison? Do Bulbasaur's opponents eat them? No, it like sprinkles the powder on its opponents. Okay. Okay. Now that okay. I think about okay. it, it casts it like, like it just sort of broadcasts the powder into the air at the thing, which now makes me think if it hurts those animal, the other Pokemon, I'm sure the trainers don't Get feel great something. after that. Yeah. Well, that sounds... Bulbasaur. Um, How specific can they be? Yeah. Don't use poison. Don't, don't, don't do it. Or someone yells poison powder and then the other Pokemon trainer is like, come on. That's play so fair. mean. Well, that makes me think of almost like a spitting cobra sort yeah. of thing. Although that is venom. Although but it's, don't, ooh. it's venom, but it's, ooh, that's Future on that episode. line. That's on that line. We'll anyway, have other poisonous Pokemon. So that is what I found um, in my research on Bulbasaur and its similarity to real life animals. So you would, okay, okay, okay. That's cool. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I went the non-animal route. Okay. I went the plant route. Great. Because uh, Bulbasaur has a bulb on its back. Um, and so, Margaret, guess what? What? Bulbs are stems. What? Yep. No. Let that sink in. No. A bulb is a stem. How? I can't tell you. I only had 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so stems, as we know, uh, provide support. 
and they have structures inside them that allow water and food to flow through them okay um to transport back and forth between roots and leaves um most people can think of underground um stems you might mm-hmm. like them in the french fried version oh so pomme de terre. A pomme de terre. so um penn state extension helped me with this uh tubers like potatoes are also modified stems and technically are classified as true bulbs wow wow okay um okay. so Basically, a bulb has some sort of papery skin layer. Right, like a like garlic. Mm-hmm. And garlic is also a true bulb. Um, and we know that they're a stem and then not a like leaf or like flower because roots can grow out of them. So um, like a, a leaf, right? Um, mm-hmm. Different roots can't grow out of those. Right. But roots can grow out of a bulb. Uh, so you named one. You said garlic? Yes. Uh, shallots are another. Onions. Shallot, if Shall- you're British. Is that really how they say it? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and onions. So they all sort of have that kind of papery skin. Potatoes count as that, too. Pota- um, sorry. That is wild to me that potatoes are in the same category. So they're all technically true bulbs. Okay. Now, pe- horticulturists will call those tubers, and they will differentiate that between other bulbs. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is kind of like the fruit vegetable thing in biology, whereas like vegetable is a very small subset of things biologically. Mm-hmm. Whereas in food, we think of vegetables as a lot of things. We think of tomatoes as vegetables, but tomatoes are technically fruit. Right. Pumpkins are technically fruit. Um, but they are bulbs in both senses, in the colloquial common sense and in the biological sense. Um, we also know other bulbs that you would plant, um, thinking about gardening, daffodils and tulips yes that was my other that's those are the other bulbs that i think of because of the movie secret garden that came out in the early 90s and that's where pokemon bulbasaur is based off the secret garden Garden? i knew there was a connection nintendo do not sue me that (laughs) is not confirmed um so those are the same bulbs those are also true bulbs um so what happens is the plant part of a tulip or a daffodil right the pretty part Mm -hmm. um grows out of pretty is Sure. It's all pretty. Uh, it grows out of the ground, um, followed by flowers. Um, and those flowers can get pollinated, mm-hmm. right? We, If we think of a daffodil or two. They tulip, gotta. They gotta. Um, so this is really interesting. So if they get pollinated and they form a small fruit, not like a fruit fruit, but like a small fruit with seeds. Mm-hmm. There are daffodil and uh, tulip seeds. Those can be planted and grow new, genetically unique flowers. Okay. However, if you've ever planted tulips or daffodils, a lot of people take bulbs and plant them underground in the spring. Yes. Yeah. Those are clones. The bulbs divide underground. They are harvested when the plant dies at the end of the growing season. People will take up the bulbs and there will be new ones next to them because they divide underground like because it's a growing part of the plant. Yes. Yes. Because they are divided from the original bulb, Bulbs are clones. So I'm just now realizing the bulb on Bulbasaur's back, how does it get nutrients? Because here's the thing, there's no dirt anywhere. And then you might say, well, it's an air plant. But if that Bulbasaur is inside a Pokeball, they're not getting sunlight. 
This is a great thing we should continue to explore, <laughs> um, especially because Bulbasaur does quote unquote evolve into Ivysaur and Venusaur. So, and they are they all have this flower thing on their back. So we're gonna we'll probably have, have to explore a lot of that. But that's a great question. Where does it get the sun? Does their bulb grow into a plant? Why is it above ground? Yeah. How are new Bulbasaurs created? Yes. Uh, we gotta we're gonna have to spend a lot more time thankfully it has three evolutions we'll have more time to dig into the lineage of bulbasaur ivysaur venusaur and all of those pokemon lineage and the and the the procreation like yeah we're gonna get into pokemon procreation here folks so if you're the garden the guard like the gardening tips for a bulbasaur yeah how to keep my my bulbasaurs have white moths flying all over them how do i keep them are they a full sun or a partial sun sort of (laughs) bulb yeah how how cold can they get can they avoid can bulbasaurs stand frost <laughs> we're getting to all of that here all your planning tips here on god classify them all so last thing i'll leave that i was left with was what is this bulb based on because mm-hmm. it's green mm-hmm. oh and, yeah it's and green. so i looked at what plants have green bulbs ironically not green onions they have yep. white bulbs. Yep. So that's out. That makes sense. Um, there are some daffodil bulbs that are green-ish. And they form red flowers. Mm. Um, so I went with that. I think it might be a daffodil. And I think it might be a daffodil because guess what? If you eat a daffodil... You have poison powder. We solved it. It's poisonous to, oh. an- to oh, animals. Okay, I was not far off. You shouldn't eat a... This is a great tip. And how it maybe connects, don't eat uh, daffodils. They are poisonous, especially poisonous to cats and smaller animals. Um, It is said that eating them can cause vomiting, abdominal pain, diarrhea, and long-term effects of eating daffodils and cats and dogs is depression. I was reading that about lilies today. So don't, if you want your animals to be happy, is Bulbasaur depressed? I don't know. I don't know. Wow. We're really digging it all up here. I would say that's a pun, but we don't, you know, it doesn't appear that you would need to dig to have a Bulbasaur. Why is is there bulb above ground? A lot of mysteries. All right, Kim, it looks like we have one more segment here. Rate the Pokemon. How are we going to rate these Pokemon that we talk about? Each time, I think we're going to rate them based off of how real it is. Okay. um, How well it connects to some sort of real thing out in the natural world mm-hmm. um margaret what do we give bulbasaur how real is this i think it's definitely not a zero like it resembles well, what's the zero to five pokeballs maybe? zero to five i think zero is fantastical apps zero to five pokeballs is great like there is well no done. thank you zero is like there is no tie-in to actual animal or plant life that we have here on earth or natural life even if yes. it's not because we'll run into some object uh, looking uh, Pokemon. Okay. Um, five, what I think it's just a straight ripped copy of an animal, which okay. we will run into those two. Okay. Okay. Um, what do we give Bulbasaur? I, so I didn't really get into the dinosaur part of things. Definitely. They do look like a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a two because even though there are some, points that relate to real animals like the poison there are no animals that carry bulbs on their back and like we were just getting into none that 
how would it even work? How would you have a, an, an animal and plant together like this? They have very different needs. I think a two, a mm. solid two is my rating. What about you? So I was thinking three because a bulb is real. The flower, you know, part of is real. It has four legs. It has, you know, it kind of resembles two pieces of, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like a centaur. We're like, okay, <laughs> break it apart. A horse and a human are real things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I guess what would I give a centaur? I guess I'm comfortable with two. Maybe two and a half. You you follow your heart on this I was going to say three. We'll give it two and a half Pokeballs of realness. Okay. Um, there you have it. The Bulbasaur, Pokemon, Pokedex number one, two and a half Pokeballs. I'm excited to explore the the next 800, <sighs> eight, 799 with you. We're just going 150 for okay. this uh, okay. first edition of our <laughs> of Gotta Classify Them All. <laughs> well, we thank you so much for listening. You can support Gotta Classify Them All and our other podcast, Don't Pee on Your Leg and Other Scientific Misconceptions, by, drumroll please, supporting us on Patreon. Yes, this is a new thing. How can you support us on Patreon? Well, you can go to patreon.com slash don't pee on your leg. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. If you'd be so kind and you're able to, you can choose one of three support levels. The top two levels earn you access to bonus content. But Camden, what bonus content are we talking about? Uh, well, so first off, you're going to get half of this podcast you're listening to right now. Half. How does that work? Yeah, right. I just listened to a full episode. You can't fool me. <laughs> so Gotta Classify Them All is produced every other week with public episodes being published once a month. So you'll get odd-numbered episodes like this episode number one and three and five and so on on the public feed on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to your podcasts. But to get the even-numbered episodes, you're going to want to become a fan of the show on Patreon to gain access to bonus content. So if you support us today, you'll get access to our second episode and second Pokemon, Ivysaur. Yep. Otherwise, if you don't, you're going to have to wait a whole month uh, before you get to hear about the third Pokemon in the Pokédex, Venusaur, and you'll feel totally left out about how we what we talked about with the second how one. How we got there. So again, you can join us and support us and gain access to bonus content at patreon.com slash don't pee on your leg. But hold on there. What if you aren't in a position to support us financially? We completely get that. Very, very much so. But if you like us and you want to support the work that we do in non-monetary ways, you can rate and review our podcasts on the platform of your choice, and you can tell your friends about us too. And overall, thank you all so, so much for this support, whatever form that support might take. We love you all for it. We're very excited to have a second show in our within fam- a show within a show of our podcasts. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much. And you can find more content from us on our social media pages on Instagram at don't pee on your leg. On Twitter at don't pee, just the letter P on your leg. Facebook, facebook.com slash don't pee on your leg. Gotta Classify Them All is a podcast produced by Two Burns, One Scone. Articles, blog posts, and more about what you can do every day to conserve our environment can be found at www.twobirdsonescone.org. Exciting news! We also now have a bookshop site. You can now find all of the books we've ever recommended on our podcasts in one place at Bookshop. 
Bookshop helps readers find books at independent bookstores while giving a percentage of any books purchased to the folks that recommended them. In this case, that's us. You can support us and small businesses by checking out our bookshop page at bookshop.org slash shop slash don't pee on your leg. Our original theme music is by Camillo and adapted by Riley Taylor. If you have questions, comments, or you want to suggest anything for future episodes, please email us at gotta classify at gmail.com. Have, have a, a great, great week. week.